Okay, so uh, favorite pens. Um, I brought some pictures. We have some some pens to show you. Hey, Derek, you got pictures of pens? I've not owned any of these pens. I just saw them and thought they were awesome. Spy pen? You would love to have a spy pen? Let's see what we got next. I think that's awesome, right? You're holding, somebody asks you if they can borrow your pen and you give them a shot. That'd be pretty cool. An ostrich pen? I don't know if that's a real ostrich or not. Possibly. This is a pen that um, no man would get anything done if they owned this pen. It's a slot machine pen. So you just click the button and you keep seeing if you win. And eventually you lose because your wife kills you, right? It's like, stop hitting the thing, right? Um, this one is a, a paper shredder pen. Wouldn't that be great to own a shredder pen? I mean, what would you shred, right? You'd like write notes and go, that's terrible. Just shred the note, right? I don't, it's weird. I think we have one, or maybe this is the last one. These are Star Wars Lego pens. That you can take apart and reconfigure, make your own Star Wars Lego people. Characters. I love that, right? I love that. Um, pens. Let me just kind of walk us slowly through today. I don't want to talk a lot. I really don't want to talk a lot at all. I want to make sure I kind of frame where we're headed, and then I'm going to let kind of we're going to see what Jesus wants to do. Um, we just came through a series called The Love Buzz, right? You remember that? Yes, that was the last four weeks. If you can't remember that, you have serious memory problems. We'll start calling you Dory. Um, so we did this thing called The Love Buzz. If you weren't here for that, here's basically what The Love Buzz was. The Love Buzz was. That's great. Um, we talked about... The love of Jesus fills us personally, right? We kind of get full of the love of... And if you don't love Jesus, just think of some woman that you were once madly in love with or some guy that you were once madly in love with, okay? Um, or the, the actor or the actress that you think should want to marry you if you could ever actually meet. Think of that person, right? If I could ever just be in the same room with, we would live happily ever after. So the, the love fills your heart, right? It fills you personally. And then the word that we used a lot was... Ooze, right? Fun word to say, ooze. So what we said was when the love fills you personally, it starts to ooze out of you. And the example that we used a lot was, um, like if somebody gives you a compliment, you're more likely to turn and give somebody a compliment. If somebody just like tears into you, your boss gives you a hard day at work, they're just all over you, I mean, no bosses would ever cuss you out, <laughs> right, but let's say your boss pulls you and cusses you out, you're probably not walking out of that conversation going, you look fantastic today, you're probably walking out with a lot of anger and you're dumping it on somebody else, we talked about the phrase, who peed in your Rice Krispies, remember that, okay, well, let's just move along from that, right, like, what do these people eat for breakfast around here? The point is, kind of what you have is what you give away. So if you have the love of Jesus in you personally, the more we love him, the more we fall in love with him. And Phil preached that message, and it resonated with so many of us. Jesus is your friend, right? We think of him as God, Lord, Savior, and he's all those things, but he's our friend. 
He's our friend. So when our, we have friendship with Jesus, that fills us, and it starts to ooze out. And it oozes out on who first? The family, right? It oozes out on us privately. So in this place, the more that all of us are getting full of the love of Jesus, the more that we're kind of oozing that love out on each other. It really starts to stop like church fights and stuff like that. And if we ever did actually build a building, we wouldn't be the church that fights over the color of the carpet because at some point we'd all look at each other and go, that's not even important. Like what's important is the love of Jesus. Like I'm so in love with Jesus and you're so in love with Jesus, it just oozes out. And if it oozes out of us, like if we could just take this entire room, this would be a great experiment, and we could fill it full of whatever. If we could fill it so full, what would eventually happen at the door where the cracks are? It would ooze right out into the street. And so that's kind of what happens when the love of God is in us personally. It oozes out privately and then it oozes out publicly. And then it oozes out practically. Last week we did spiritual gifts tests. And if you haven't done one, you can go to our website, thegatheringnow.com. It's right there. You can click it and take your own personal gift, spiritual gift tests to kind of see how you're gifted. How God wants to use you. And the more we've, we've talked about this love buzz thing, it's like... I kind of went into it thinking, well, this is a four-week series. You know, it'll be fun. It sounds fun. We'll get to say ooze a lot. It's going to be great. We'll think about fluid. and It's just like middle school ministry. It's fantastic, right? But then the, the further we got into it, I mean, a lot of you would, would say to us, man, this is really changing the way I see faith. Like it's really solidifying and clarifying for me the way that I see faith. And God, like, we started, God, what do we do next? What, what do you do when you're the leader and you don't know what to do next, right? You're not supposed to stand up here and say, so next is this next series. And sometimes there's this tendency to rush from one series to the next series and not really stop and process what just happened. So here's what we decide to do. We decide to not do a series and call it the unseries. It's like the anti-series. And here's what all these messages, and for however long this goes, I don't even know. But here's what they'll all have in common. Probably there'll be a word that starts with un, and they won't be related to each other. Here's what I'm expecting out of this un-series. I'm expecting at some point during this un-series to sit right there and hear what God is speaking through some of you. Because I'm not the only one that can hear from God, Right? Not putting Justin on the spot, but sometimes Justin will come up and he'll like, feel like God wants him to say something. And have you ever been here when Justin's done that? And then when he sits down, you're kind of like, dude, he should just stay up there and keep talking. Like God puts stuff in us. You know what? This is the place where we get to share that stuff. So here's, I don't have a point today. Isn't that great? I don't have a good, I don't have a good message. I'm going to fail as your pastor. I have one word. And, and it's going to go up on the, on the screen. Here's the first unword. It's unscripted. That's the word that God put in my, in my heart this week. Unscripted. Well, what does that even look like, right? It's uncomfortable. It's unnerving. It's uncredible. No, that's not a word. You've got note sheets. Here's what you're not going to have this entire series. You're not going to walk in. You're not going to be able to QR code your way to the notes. 
You'll find the notes if we have them later on the website. We're just going to start just coming in. And here's the phrase I want you to remember. We're going to start coming in expecting the unexpected. I don't want the normal stuff. I don't think God wants normal stuff. It's not even in the notes because I don't have a lot of notes. But at the end of Mark, if you just go to the end of Mark, you know, we typically take the Great Commission from Matthew because it's um, not as uncomfortable. Where he says, go to the whole world, right, and tell them about Jesus. And we're like, yeah, I grew up in the South. I've heard that. But at the end of Mark, here's what he says. He says, go to the whole world and tell them about Jesus and signs and wonders will follow you. And he says stuff like, and you'll pick up snakes. Right about now, you're really uncomfortable, right? And he says, you'll, you might speak in tongues and you'll heal the sick. And he starts naming these things that he actually expects to happen in their lives. And then we did a series in Acts a couple, maybe a year ago. And here's what we learned in Acts. Like Jesus said in the end of Mark, Here's what you can expect to happen. If you follow me, you can expect these things to take place. But if you read the book of Acts, every time those expected things took place, what did the disciples do? Are you kidding me? Like if you read, there's a a part in Luke where he sent the disciples out two by two and they came back going, man, you will not believe. When was the last time you said that to Jesus? Jesus told you to do something and and you did it and it worked and you came back and you said, Jesus, you will not believe what just happened. And he's like, I'm the one that told you to go. Pretty sure I'm going to believe what just happened. And they came back and said, man, I, even, I mean, people are like, we're talking, like people are getting healed, they're getting delivered. And it's like, I, I know. I told you to expect that. I think sometimes we don't expect the unexpected. I don't, I don't really sometimes know what we expect. We expect that the band will be amazing. We expect that maybe this week Paul will be a better preacher. We expect, hey, maybe this week when I wake up, I'll feel like bringing somebody to church. We don't expect the unexpected. Jesus said, expect the unexpected. Look for these signs. So unscripted. Here's three things. You just, if you want to put them on your sheet, you can. Three things you need to have if you're going to be un, unscripted. Trust. We like to write our own scripts. Um, how many of you like to write? I mean, really like to write, not metaphorically, but you really like to write. How many of you hate to write? Okay. Whether you like to write or you hate to write, in our family, I'm the writer, so if we have a birthday card, Wendy says, what do you want me to say? And I say, whatever you want to say. And she goes, no, no, you tell me and I'll write it down. I'm a good writer. She has legible Right, handwriting. So I'll like tell her and she'll write it down. So whether you like to write or not like to write, here's, this, here's what I know about all of you and me. We all like to write our own script in life. We like to be in control, don't we? For the most part, our walk with Jesus is like this. We write out the script that we'd like to see happen in our lives. It usually goes something like this. I will serve you, Jesus, wholeheartedly, faithfully, in the city that I choose, in the job that I choose, with the mate that I choose, for the money that I choose. Lord, would you please bless this script? 
That's typically how we serve Jesus. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21. Let me just read this to you real quick. It sums up all of humanity. Proverbs 19, 21 says this. Many are the plans in a man's heart. Right? The plans. This much money, this job, this spouse. These are my plans. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So, living an unscripted life requires that we trust that even if we aren't writing the script, there is a script and God is the author of it. I was this week thinking about Moses, um, who... You got to have trust. You got to have the second thing you have is discernment. Discernment is being able to hear what's not said. Okay, so like when um, the time that Wendy asked me if I'd like to go shopping with her, and I went, um, yeah, and because Wendy had discernment, she got mad at me. Right? All the men right now are still going, why? Why'd she get mad at you? But the women are like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd have killed you. Right? Because I said yes, but what did I really say? No. The sermon is knowing what was not said. If you read through um, just Matthew eleven fifteen, you just jot that down. It's all, in the, it's all in the Bible. It's in Matthew. It's in Mark. It's in Revelation even. This phrase, let him who has ears to hear, hear. I used to read that and think, that's stupid, right? I mean, Jesus, like, everybody has ears. And then I realized, oh, Jesus is talking to teenagers, I get it now. Like when you say things to your teenagers and they hear you, but they don't hear you. Or then they grow up and they become husbands, right, women? They hear you, but they don't hear you. You're like, when do you, every, I mean, without fail, every week, it's always the same thing. Why are the dishes on the counter? I told you to put them in the dishwasher. And we, and I'm not, the, I mean, we, me and the kids are like, we're so proud of ourselves because we stack them on the counter. But she told us to put them in the dishwasher, right? I mean, every week without fail. And we're kind of like, but we stacked them on the counter. She's like, but I told you to put them in the dishwasher. Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Is this fair to say? I mean, this is totally unscriptive. Is this fair to say that in the South at least, I can't speak for the other parts of the country, in the South at least, we've become really good at hearing but not hearing? I mean, we've be, we are experts at it. We are, and I always make people feel bad when I say this, but we're so good at the church nod. Right on, Pastor. Right on. <laughs> that is so, so true. I'm not going to live any of it. It's so good. <laughs> Keep preaching that. We're so good. We're so good at that. And that's why Jesus says, let him who has ears to hear, hear. It takes discernment. Moses, when he was called um, in Exodus, he's called to uh, go preach or go teach, go speak to Pharaoh because God's people are being captive. And so God calls Moses, the whole great story about the burning bush, and he sees this bush that's burning, it never gets burned up, and it's like, that would catch your eye, wouldn't it? You know, like, it's burning, but it's not burning. And so he goes, and he, he's talking to God. God calls him. I want you to be the guy that goes and tells the, 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 the Pharaoh to let my people go. You've seen the movie. You've seen Charleston Heston. You know all about it. 
But here's what, here's what Moses says back to God. It's in Exodus chapter 4. You don't have to turn it. Just, just write it down. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Basically, if I'm paraphrasing God, uh, Moses, here's what he says to the God of the universe. He says, I don't know what to say, and I don't know how to say it. I mean, he says it like this. I'm a terrible speaker. I stutter. Please, please, please don't send me. So if we just translate that, what he's saying is, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to say it, I don't have a script. And God's answer to that was, uh, I'm, uh, even as the God of the universe had escaped me, and I don't know how I didn't see that. I'm sorry, Moses, for calling you. I don't know what I was thinking. Is that how, he, is that how it went? No, right? God said, basically, I'm paraphrasing God as well. You can read it and make sure I'm telling you the truth. It's Exodus chapter 4, verses 11 12. Basically, God said this. Hey, how, here, here's the plan. And I'm not going to stutter when I say it. You trust me. You go, you open your mouth, I'll give you the words. So let's just translate that with unscripted. I'm giving you the script. Now, put yourself in Moses' shoes, right? You just got called by God to go free his people. You just told God that you were a bad choice because you don't speak well, you don't know what to say, you haven't had time to write out your script. And all of you that have panic attacks at the thought of standing in front of people and opening your mouth and speaking, you already are breaking out in a sweat thinking about being Moses. You say all that to God, and God says, you don't need a script. You just need me. I don't know what you're saying. You may be super spiritual, and you might be like, yes, Lord, I have heard you. I have ears to hear, and I'm going. But Moses was more like me, or I'm more like Moses. And even with all that, God's saying, I'll give you the words. Moses said, please, dear God, send somebody else. And I don't think he stuttered when he said that. Because we do not like to live unscripted. We just don't. We like to be in control. So it takes trust to live unscripted. It takes discernment. Here's the last thing. takes courage do you know what I really want to do right now what I really want to do right now is I want to give you chance the chance to, to share I want I, <laughs> now we're having a panic attack right you want to do what you're turning the person next to you saying I know he's talking to you and it may not be today it may just may be over the next the next week or two or a couple months, I don't know. But here's the thing. We're so dependent on me. I mean, I don't mean y'all. Just as a church, we're, as churches, we're so dependent on the, the pastor, the leader, to say. And when I read the New Testament, I, just, I see a church that was vibrant, that everybody kind of, sometimes they got in each other's way. Like, you know, read Corinthians, he's like, all of you got something to say, and it's way too much. Simplify that. Make it easy to understand. But he loves for the church to be a part of that. And, and here's the thing. Why don't, we, why don't we allow that? I'll answer for you. Because we've all heard bozos talk in church. You're listening to one today, possibly. 
We've all heard people that stood up and started giving a testimony and it was terrible and we didn't quite know what to do with it. We, we've all seen what it looks like. And so when we think unscripted, we immediately think, ah, I don't want to go there. But unscripted is not the same as unprepared. It takes courage to open our mouths and speak what God is doing in us. Here's how I know it takes courage. Because I've had some people that have come to me and said, you will not believe what God's done in me and through me during the love buzz. And they'll tell me, this, they'll tell me their testimony, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, you need to share that with everybody. And you know what they do? Uh, uh, no, I don't think I do. No, you do. You need to share that. Uh, uh, no, like, maybe one-on-one, -on -one, but not one-on-50 or 120. Courage. It takes courage. Matthew 10, 19 um, Again, I know I'm paraphrasing Scripture. Please, I'm giving you the references so you can look them up and make sure I'm not lying to you. But Jesus is sending his disciples out. And so he's kind of giving them the pep talk, you know. And here was this, here was this pep talk. They're going to kill you. Go, team! He said, well, they might not kill you, but they're probably going to arrest you. Yay! And they're going to ask you to give a defense for what you're doing. So, um, think back to high school. I'm trying to make sure you get this, okay? Think back to high school. If you were told by your teacher that you had to stand in front of the class and present something for, uh, I don't know, let's just say five minutes, do you prepare something? Okay, let's try that again. If you're called by your teacher to stand in front of the class of your peers and present something for five minutes, do you prepare something? Okay. Some of you didn't, and that's why you made a bad grade. <laughs> Very rarely do we stand up in front of people and not, if we know it's going to happen, prepare something. And I want you to get this. That Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm going to send you out. He didn't, he didn't pull them, right? Am I being too hard? Is this making sense at all? I, he didn't pull them and say, hey, do you guys want to go out? Because if he'd have pulled them, what would they have said? No. I'm just making sure you get that. So that should make you feel right at home. It makes you like the disciples. You're like, at least I'm doing good there. They didn't want to go, and neither do I, right? They, didn't, they said no. We know that from Acts. Like They just wanted to hang out together, and so God allowed persecution to scatter them. So he says to them, you're going you're to go out. We're not voting on it. I'm, I am sending you out. And when I send you out, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to possibly be bitten by snakes, and when you do, their poison won't kill you. By the way, we're not going to be a snake handling church. Just wanted to make sure you breathe, breathe easier. Okay? I mean, you can bring a snake if you want to, but I won't stay. It's, again, ammunition to get rid of the pastor, right? Hey, look, Paul. Out. The point was, he was like, as you go out, you're going to encounter dangerous situations. And when you encounter dangerous situations, I'm greater than those situations. So be of good courage. And here's what he says in Matthew 10, 19. 
He says, and when they call you in front of them, when you're brought to give an account for what you're doing, don't sweat it. I will give you the words to say. Do you see a trend here? When we live unscripted, it doesn't mean there's not a script. It means that we're not in control of the script. Let me give you the big idea today, and you can groan, and then we'll finish up. So here's the key to the unscripted life. This is today's big idea. Living unscripted begins when we choose to let go of the pen. Ah, that's where the pen comes in. You were wondering about that. Living unscripted begins when we choose to let go of the pen. It comes in remembering that Jesus said, In your worst moments, I'll have a script ready for you. I love um, how Francis Chan says it. I love Francis Chan. Look, really quick plug here for summer school at the gathering. Um, we've got three things we're going to offer this year for summer school. For men, we're going to offer a, um, a course called Every Man's Battle. It is about sexual purity as a man in today's society. If you come to that class, you are not admitting that you're a pervert, although you could be. <laughs> you're admitting that you're a man. And I know right now some women are like, aren't that the, isn't that the same thing, pervert man? Isn't that the same thing? No, it's not the same thing. You've met the wrong men, okay? If you come to that class, uh, you're just, you know what you're doing? You're waving the white flag and saying, I can't do this on my own. All right? And that's a tough sell for men because we like to think we could do it alone, which is why none of you ever ask for directions. Every man's battle. We're also offering for the women, which this kind of makes me wish that I was a woman. We're offering Undaunted, which is, which is by Christine Kane. Christine Kane is the founder of the A21 campaign, which is the first. There's a lot of campaigns that are fighting against human trafficking, but all the campaigns that are fighting against human trafficking came into existence because Christine Kane started A21. She started that campaign, and a bunch of people were like, I'm all over that, and they started their own campaigns, and now there's a ton of them out there. Nefarious, there's just a ton of them out there. Exodus Cry, tons and tons of of ministries that are reaching out to people that are involved in human trafficking and, and trapped. She's written a book called Undaunted. Um, golly, I really wish I could just, I might just slip in on that one. Just like, you know, dress differently and show up. <laughs> and then I'll be able to go to another class that we'll have for men. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so every man's battle for the men, Undaunted for the women. And then this is what I'm really excited about because I really love Francis Chan, which is why I even brought this up. We're going to offer, and this is for anybody who wants to come, couples, singles, bring your dog, whatever, rabbits, whoever, um, called Forgotten God. And uh, Francis Chan's written a book called Forgotten God, and he, really, he's, here's what he says. The premise of the book is this. The Holy Spirit is God, and that's the God that we've forgotten about because the Holy Spirit's a little weird, and we don't quite know what to do with the Holy Spirit. So for the most part, as Christians, we just say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I keep the Holy Spirit in the closet. We've forgotten about it. So he wrote a book, and it's an awesome book. I've read it. It's fantastic. So we're going to just kind of do that study. Anyway, Francis Chan. When? They'll start the end of this month. Um, you've probably heard this before today already, but thegatheringnow.com. It's our website. You can go there, and we'll have a way for you to sign up for the classes. It'll only cost you the price of the workbook or the book that you need. Okay? It will require that you read. 
I just lost all of you on that, right? They're like, I'm not reading, forget it. Can I get it on my Kindle? Probably so. Um, all right, so Francis Chan, we're just wrapping this up. You've got to have trust, discernment, you've got to have courage. I just love the way that Francis Chan says it. And if I could shave my head and get smaller and talk like an Asian American, I would do it. And he would get down really low like this, because that's Francis Chan. He's like, he's, he's just right there, he's all intense. And here's what he says. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he does not come through. Let me say it again. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. I don't know if you're living your life in that place. To be totally honest, I don't know if I always lead in that place. When Wendy walked back 10 minutes before service and said, how are you? And I went, I'm a little freaked out. She said, why? I said, because unscripted feels very unnerving. Because it's so much easier to come like with something really prepared and like written out and word for word. And here's what I'm going to read to you. But to just kind of say to God, here's a word that you're putting on our heart. And what does that look like? And am I supposed to, what if I turn to our church and say, so, hypothetically speaking, in a few minutes when we take communion, and we celebrate the most unscripted move in the history of mankind. Maybe you'd like to come to a microphone and share a testimony of how God's moving in your life right now. In a very unscripted way. She's got, what if I do that, God, and nobody shows up at the microphone? What if I preach this and nobody comes back? See how easy it is to stay comfortable? And how hard it is to be unscripted. But here's something, and we're just wrapping up, and we'll get ready for communion. Here's something that um, all of you know from experience. You don't have to love Jesus, okay? Your toughest teacher was the one that you learned the most from, right? Your toughest boss was the one that got the most out of you. Your toughest coach was the one that got you to run faster. And we accept every bit of that until we walk through those doors. And then we say, just give me easy grace, Jesus. But I'm going to tell you the truth. The unscripted moments of your life are the hardest that you'll ever live. And they will be the most rewarding. I had a conversation this week with a man, and here's what I told him. We're just talking about brokenness, and he's going through a, series, a season right now where he's being broken. And I said, well, here's what I've learned in my life, and I'm not an expert, but I know brokenness. And I'll know it again. But my entire ministry shifted when I was broken. Everything I've ever preached that's come out of me has changed since 2003. 
It marked my life. And it was unscripted. We want to be in control, but if you're in control, you're just going to screw your life up. Let's just be honest, right? It's when we don't have control. It's when the hard times happen and we say to God, wait a second, I don't have to have a script. I've chosen to put my pen down. You're writing the script. You can, you can handle this. And I don't know how you're going to handle it. I don't know how you're going to fix it. Maybe you're not even going to fix it at all, but somehow something's going to come out of this. Romans 8, 28, for my good and for your glory. And I don't know how, but I'm trusting you with the pen. The ostrich pen. The Star Wars Lego pen. The whatever pen we like, whatever our favorite pen is, we're trusting God to have it. And here's the beauty. Psalm 45, 1. This is what we'll end with, and then we'll go into communion. And that microphone is going to be open. When we finish taking communion, we're going to have people that are going to pray. Because there are some of you that are in the room right now, and you are going through an extremely hard, unscripted point of your life. You're not going to be the one that walks up to the microphone, probably, because if you did, you'd just crumble and, and just weep. Because you're in this unscripted moment of your life. You don't know what's going on. You've lost a job. You've lost a friend. You've whatever. Man, it happens like that. Look, this morning... Um, when he walked up to me right before church, he's like, Brittany had to leave. Brittany had, she's, she's, Brittany McGuire was going to be in the nursery day. She had to keep nursery. And when he's like, she had to leave, she's totally upset. I said, what happened? Jackson was in a car accident. It's her daughter. She's with a friend going somewhere in a car accident. Good news is that Jackson's okay, but do you see how that happens? That's what happens. These are the times that God shows up. When she gets to Jackson and realizes, man, God took care of that. Here's... Here's what the psalmist wrote, Psalm 45, 1. My heart is stirred by a noble theme. In some translations, it talks about the heart being overwhelmed. Does that sound like oozing to you? Because it does to me. My heart is overwhelmed. It's overflowing. My heart is overflowing with a noble theme. I will recite as I recite verses for my king. So here's the, here's the psalmist saying this. I'm just filled up. With Jesus. Well, he's talking about God. We know it's Jesus. I'm filled up with Jesus. I'm just filled. And I, I can't help but speak praise about Jesus. It just, he's just coming out of me. And I'm like, well, what are you saying? What are the words that you're using? How are you praising? Let me listen so I can hear what you say. So I can mimic what you say. No. You're not copying anybody. And if you ask the psalmist, what are the words that you're using to describe God? He said, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't even know what you're saying. He's like, no, I don't know what I'm saying. And here's what he said, because my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. My tongue is the pen that I've given control of to God. And so I don't have to write a script. I don't have to come up with the words. I just have to make sure that I'm full of the love of Jesus. And if I do that, when I open my mouth, he will write the words through me. That's what it means to live unscripted. And I'm, I'm begging you to live unscripted. To not look at the watch. To not look at the clock. To not make sure that it's fitting into your box of how things should be done. But just to let Jesus blow that up. And let him 
speak and write through you. And then when he does that, we want to hear those stories. I know last week we watched a video. We'll show it before we leave tonight. Today you can try to pull it up. We'll show it before we walk out the door. Called the Love Buzz Initiative. Here's what I'm... At the end of that video, it just says, hey, when you do that, God's gonna, he's going to do things. We want to hear the stories. Man, I, I, email them to us if you, want, if you want to. I'd so much rather hear them from you. I'd so much rather hear what God's doing through your life. We go ahead and get in position for communion. So in, in communion, this is kind of stuff, if you were raised in church, you've taken communion probably like a gazillion times. It's so easy to forget what it's about. This is what communion is, okay? Communion is us celebrating the biggest plan of man that God ever blew up. Now think about this, okay? You've got Jesus, who is the King of Kings. We sang about him this morning. He is the light of the world. He shows up at a specific point in history. He's hanging out with these disciples. He's preaching to religious people, and they're all hearing the word Messiah. Like everybody's kind of going, I think he might be the one. That might be the Messiah. And like, sweet. Because we got these people called Romans that we can't stand. And we've been praying for God to send the Messiah so he can beat their butts. And so they're like, You're the, are you it, Jesus? Are you the one? I'm the one. And they're all with him, right? Right up until the part of the plan where Jesus says, uh, but I'm not going to go kick down the Roman Empire. <laughs> and you got that all wrong. I'm actually going to die on the cross. And they went, do, do what? I'm going to die on a cross. Because I, I've come to establish a different kingdom than the one you're thinking of. You're thinking of a physical kingdom. Well, let, let's bring that into, into our world, okay? I'm so glad Jesus is at my church. All the other churches are screwed, but I'm so glad he's at my church. I'm so glad he's anointed my team, my job. He's going to make it the way I want it. And he says, no, I'm building a different kingdom. It's a kingdom about me and my glory, not you and your glory. It's a kingdom where we're more concerned about the people on the outside of the kingdom than we are on the people on the inside of the kingdom. I've not come to be served, but to serve. And we're like the disciples because we hear that and go, yeah, that little head nod, right? That's awesome preaching, Jesus. I don't know what he's saying. And so he blows the whole thing up by dying on the cross. And do you you see the disciples on Friday night? They're not having a kegger, right? Because their hope of salvation is in a tomb. They sit in a room and their life is unscripted. They do not know what to do. And Saturday comes, they don't know what to do. And on Sunday, when Jesus is resurrected and shows up, guess what? They don't know what to do still. 
all they know is, wait a second, you wrote a different script over those last few days. I didn't see that coming. Life was unscripted. And because of that, we sit here today. Because of that, we're going to take communion. The Bible says we remember that. We get to be unscripted. We get the chance to live just like the disciples did. Unscripted before God. And it's hard. It's the hardest thing we'll ever do. And the most rewarding as well.